Copycat, let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. And I hope it's a lovely day where you are. It is where I am. Uh, By the grace of God, it is finally Friday. Yeah, I I was just hearing the weather report in Baltimore, the host of our... uh, our, uh, Anchor Station WCBM is going to be a beautiful sunny weekend. Uh, I live in the Midwest. Across the Midwest is going to be uh, sun. And, and we this this season so far, at least where I am, the weather has been uh, fine. A little bit hot at times, but the, but the rain is just fine. Just enough to keep the plants and the crops growing and everything. And yet, there's a fire 4,500 miles away on an island. One of a series of islands. One little tiny island in the middle of the Pacific. You couldn't even see it from space. Couldn't even see it. And because of that i need to get an electric car apparently and solar panels for my house so there is that other than that you know i mean happy friday to everybody we'll get into the uh, the fires in hawaii and how the democrat party they've gone from uh, like for instance when uh, when there was a school shooting or a mass shooting they used to wait a few days to begin uh, talking about getting rid of the second amendment and all that stuff right well now uh, while people are still floating in the ocean to keep from burning to death uh, the Democrat Party is ushering in and saying that this is all climate change and we need to change how we drive cars, uh, where we get our electricity, and send it all over to China so they can make all of our energy needs and we can be dependent on it. So, so there, there is that, and, and we'll get to that very shortly on the show. But, uh, but a, little bit, a little bit of good news today, and I think this is kind of a little, uh, I don't know, maybe it's throwing a bone to us so we won't uh, you know, drive by the millions to Washington. In D.C. to protest how corrupt this country is. But a federal judge today, the judge in the uh, Donald Trump case that's been brought by Jack Smith, that is a sham that he literally had to dig into a civil war precedence to come up with nonsense charges for which Donald Trump has already been cleared by the kangaroo court January the 6th and an impeachment. Okay. But anyway, the federal judge uh, ruled that uh, former President Donald Trump will be allowed to publicly share some non-sensitive information that will be used in his trial on charges of plotting to overturn the 2020 election for which he's already been exonerated, handing his lawyers a victory. So you got a little, they threw a little carrot to the team that Donald Trump won't be completely censored when he tries to talk about the case against him that uh, the the uh, prosecution can say anything they damn want and leak anything they want to the press whatsoever. They always do it. If you don't believe me, I don't know, just see the last seven years because that's what they're going to do. 
All right? So you uh, you got this. Now, now, here's the only problem, is that Jack Smith wants the trial on January the 2nd of 2024, uh, two months, essentially, of Donald Trump sitting in a courtroom during the most important time of the presidential campaign, right there when New Hampshire's happening, when Iowa's happening, and all of that. And what they want to do is they want to tie up Donald Trump in a court proceeding for a couple reasons. A, they want to say, look, this man's on trial, so he shouldn't be the president while he's in court he can't really comment on that okay and by the way in case you're wondering if this is a uh, election interference yes it is 1000 percent election interference and you know how i know this is it because I'm a sage? Is it because I'm some sort of a soothsayer? Is it because I have some sort of uh, uh, you know insight into pol- the political minds that I know that this is election interference? Do you know why I know this is election interference? No, it's not because I'm not stupid. It's because it's interfering in the election. Ta-da! Thank you very much. Let me just stick the landing. I'm going to stick the landing here, and I'm going to walk over, and I'm going to wait for the judge's cards to flip up. Look, there's a 9-8. There's a 9-7. Oh, hell, there's only a 6 from the East German judge over there. We forget them. Who cares? But there you go. The reason why it's election interference is because it interferes with the election, and the reason why these charges have been brought up right now rather than two years ago is because they sat on all of this nonsense until they could make up something thing so they could interfere with the election. So the next thing we do is go after a Jack Smith and uh, and this judge to make sure that this trial cannot happen during the election. That's it. That's banana republic nonsense. This has to change. That's it. That's all. I mean there is there is no doubt that this is election interference. It is a political move by a political judge and a political uh, uh, a political special counsel who literally was rebuffed by the Supreme Court for doing the same thing a few years ago. And so, consequently, you could you could celebrate Donald Trump being able to say a few things, but this is a distraction from Jack Smith saying, "Okay, let's do the trial on January the second, twenty twenty four, because I can." It is really still thoroughly unacceptable and absolutely third world and it has to be stopped and and there are some solutions to that and and i believe they are going to happen very soon one of them is impeaching joe biden and I've got lots of movement on that coming up here very shortly. Uh, there's some movement in the positive fashion with regard to Joe Biden. He's going to be questioned about all the classified documents he has under oath, among other things. So if he can remember anything, who, who the hell knows, to be quite honest. <laughs> remember remember Mueller when he, uh, when he testified his brain's gone? Who knows where Joe Biden's brain is going to be <laughs> by then, by then. But uh, anyway, so we've we got a bunch of stuff on the plate today. We've got, some, uh, we've got some entertaining stuff today. Carl Higby from Newsmax joins us at the bottom of the hour. And the reason being is uh, uh, Carl Higby is an amazing patriot, a veteran, uh, someone who is uh, long-suffering from his service. He never complains about it. And I want to hear his take on the testimony by the Gold Star families of the 13 troops who were killed when uh, Joe Biden unceremoniously and uh, gigantically, failingly uh, withdrew from Afghanistan. So that's coming up on the show. That is coming up on the show. Meanwhile, I do want to talk about, uh, and, and, I, and I'm meaning this uh, purely on a humanitarian basis, and that is 
we've got to do everything we can. Um, I heard an ad for the Salvation Army for uh, Hawaii, and right now uh, a 1,000 people remain unaccounted for following the deadliest national, national disaster in Hawaii's uh, history. 53 people dead so far, 1,000 people uh, missing. This uh, delightful little town, uh, Lahaina, is apparently gone. It is completely uh, gone. Um, the city was not prepared for this. Uh, they were completely and utterly unprepared for this. And uh, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying that there, there is no reason why this should have happened if they were prepared for it. And this is not about global climate change. This is not about nonsensical crap like that. They haven't even figured out what the cause of the fire was. They don't even know what the fire, the cause was. It could have been somebody uh, discarding a cigarette or or, uh, leaving a candle lit. Nobody knows what the cause was, but Washington, D.C. is convinced that, that, well, they're not convinced it's global climate change, warming, ozone hole, mortar hornets. No, no, no. But they're going to ascribe it to it while the bodies are still being recovered. And that's a thing that thoroughly, thoroughly sickens me about all of this nonsense. And all I care about right now is making sure that those poor people who've lost everything, and and a lot of times we forget about our brothers and sisters in Hawaii, because it's, you know, 3,000 miles from the coast of California, 4,500 from where I live, even further from you guys on the East Coast. We don't think about Hawaii very much. We only think about Hawaii as this vacation destination. But there are brothers and sisters in our in our 50th state, and so uh, we you know we got to help them out. Uh, I, like I said, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to marshal uh, the resources that I have to to you know figure out where to send your money. I do know, and I heard that the Salvation Army is very and the, the Salvation Army is very helpful. By the way, they're an organization unlike so many who get a giant piece of the pie, who take in billions of dollars and very little trickles down to uh, the people who need the help. The Salvation Army has always, to me, been tried and true. And, uh, and so I would uh, encourage you possibly to uh, you know, consider the Salvation Army, and then uh, I will do my level best to find out if there are organizations who might be as effective or more effective with regard to the people on, on Hawaii. But this is, this is Joe Biden, and, and conveniently for the Democrat Party, this fire happened right after he did this interview with the Weather Channel. And I want you to listen to this. And I I said this the other day. You know, they're going to look for any way to uh, distract to uh, change any narrative. They're going to do anything. They, they, they're they going to say anything to get Joe Biden elected and Donald Trump taken down. And that means creating crises because they've done it before. They've created crises. They've locked us down. They uh, ushered in new changes to voting and all of that stuff. All right. But, uh, but I mentioned the other day, there are some people saying that, that what they're going to try and do is they're going to say there's a climate emergency. And when there is a climate emergency, then the president will be able to do all sorts of nonsensical crap that doesn't make any sense. And here is the, uh, the uh, well, whoever the heck this is on the Weather Channel doing the interview, uh, saying, don't you feel like you should, uh, you should uh, do a climate emergency? Um, again, meanwhile, right here today, sunny, we just got some rain. Everything's growing beautifully. Same goes in Baltimore. Same goes in places all over the country. The country is not on fire. Uh, but here is uh, Joe Biden's response. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? We've already done that. 
national emergency. We've conserved more land. We've moved in. The, we've rejoined the Paris yeah, Climate Accord. Yeah, we passed a $368 billion climate control facility. We're, we're, we're moving. Is he, is he, he, we, that we, he said he just approved a $360 billion climate facility. What the hell is that? That's got to be a hell of a facility. Let's hear that again. We passed a $368 billion climate control facility. A, a, a climate control facility. $360 billion. Oh, yeah, your average football stadium, brand new, about a billion, billion five. So they put together apparently a $360 billion climate facility. That's got to be impressive. We're, we're, we're moving. It's the, it's wow. the existential threat to humanity. No, it's not. So you've already declared that national emergency. No, no, no. It's, it's not. It's not actually the uh, existential threat to humanity. It's, uh, that's nonsense. Um, right now, the biggest existential threat that we have in our country is um, inner cities. Uh, it is um, uh, the southern border and fentanyl. Those are the existential threats. That's the body count, by the way. Because uh, every weekend in places like Chicago, 20 or 30 people get shot. Uh, many of them die. Uh, 110,000 people died of drug overdoses last year in this country, 75% of them fentanyl-related, and we just set a, a new record for suicide in this country. But Joe Biden wants to distract to an island 4,500 miles from where I live, a tiny dot, not even a postage stamp, a pinprick in the Pacific Ocean, and he's saying that your lawnmower and your car cause the fires in Hawaii that they don't know the cause for yet. It really is uh, It really is quite, quite, quite disgusting. It's about as bad as Joe Biden, uh, you know, uh, greeting the bodies of the soldiers coming back from Afghanistan and telling the mother, oh, yeah, my son came back in a casket uh, with, draped with a coffin, too, and he didn't. His son died of cancer in the States. It's kind of that same stuff. And it really is uh, thoroughly disgusting. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe that the real uh, existential threat is crime and drugs and all of that stuff in our, in our country, just listen to uh, Trayvon White. He's a city councilman for Washington, D.C. The police chief, the interim police chief, Smith, stated that we are not in a war zone. I know those who live here know that we are clearly... In a war zone. Yeah, that's that's that. I'm going to say it again. We are clearly, clearly in, a war in a war zone. Yeah, but you guys just need an electric lawnmower. That's all you need, some solar panels on your house. If you, if you don't know you are in a war zone, then mean you haven't been here. I went to one crime scene where there were 106 rounds on the ground. Oh, man, that is uh, like copper that is minded, and it is very devastating for the planet. Right there in Parkchester. I went to another crime scene on the 2300 block of Savannah Street Southeast, where there were 113 rounds on the ground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are in a war zone. And those who have not been affected by it directly, you will be directly or indirectly if we don't do something now. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, Joe Biden thinks that a fire in Hawaii is uh, more of a threat to us than well, what you just heard there.
Okay. So we got a little bit more on this coming up. Also, uh, some amazing news with regard to uh, Joe Biden uh, and uh, and Hunter Biden and who's going to do what. And there is uh, apparently articles of impeachment uh, going to be introduced today. Some other things. And we're going to have some fun, too. Jim Gossett has already told me he's got some new comedy. So we're going to do that, too. Here's the number. 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is a Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. You know, I just got an email, and you know, I always like to look on the bright side of life, and somebody said, hey, man, you know, you heard that uh, city councilman from D.C. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, spent shell casings uh, are very expensive. You can, you can uh, raise a lot of money selling shell casings for scrap metal, and I'm thinking maybe that could be a new jobs program for the Democrat Party in Washington, D.C. Lord knows this could be awesome for kids in, uh, in Baltimore who go out in squeegee car windows to make money. Kids, just pick up those spent shell casings at your neighborhood gatherings on the weekends and sell them uh, for scrap. There, thank you uh, for that positive note. There you go. We're going to make America great uh, once again. Um, wow. Okay. <laughs> so we got this big fire in, uh, in Hawaii. And uh, I, I used to, I've been to Hawaii a number of times. I, we had friends who lived in Kauai in near Princeville. It was lovely. It's beautiful. And I, the thing I love about Kauai is it's all the, the beauty, the beauty, the natural bur- beauty of a tropical destination without the third world police department. Although... The uh, Washington, D.C. is working hard on that, making our legal system and our DOJ very, very, very much like third world countries. But it is. It's beautiful. Uh, Hawaii is beautiful. And, um, and they have this uh, fire this, in this small town uh, on uh, Maui. And the town burned, not the entire island. And Joe Biden says it's all about uh, climate which is so disgusting thoroughly because the president of the United States and John Kirby should be uh, talking about nothing but getting help to the people of that island. That's it. Uh, Rescuing those who are burned, uh, uh, gathering those who have passed, uh, cleaning up this and rebuilding. Kind of things that uh, Ron DeSantis did during the hurricane. Little props to Ron DeSantis for getting by that disaster. You know, there you go. I'll admit, you know, I'm not so partisan. I can't say that Ron DeSantis isn't being a great governor. That said, John Kirby, White House National Security Coordinator for Strategic Communications. That's his job. I know. I, I, I'm not even sure what the hell it is. But here he is talking about this uh, just stepping over the bodies of the people of Maui to get to his climate nonsense. You know, we're working very closely with uh, Hawaii, Hawaiian officials. As you said, we're also deploying some military assets. FEMA personnel are on the ground. Uh, we're going we're gonna to focus on this as, as keenly and as sharply as we can. I don't have anything to announce with respect to an emergency declaration, but I think it's, it's just clear. It's just clear. Uh, that more and more wildfires are happening and raging all across the country. We've got almost 5,000 federal personnel deployed fighting wildfires everywhere. Yeah, they happen every year in the country because, you know, we got a lot of trees and a lot of space. And the whole island of of, uh, Maui did not burn. It just just that town, which says that the town appears not to have been uh, ready for it. 
and uh, was completely surprised by it. But here is, of course, the uh, the idiotic John Kirby, again, stepping over the burned bodies of people, of our citizens in Maui to get to his climate change nonsense. Well, look, I don't want to get ahead of the president or his decision-making here. All I can tell you is that as an administration, we're going to stay focused on the climate crisis. Uh, it is front and center. It is right in front of us. And these wildfires... Why are there wildfires not happening in Guam? Fires and all the uh, severe storms that were that we continue to see. The Virgin Islands, any 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 fires in the Virgin Islands right now are definitely caused as a result of uh, of what's going on in 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 the, in the rising temperature across across the globe. It's not no. Mm -mm. So we've got to treat this seriously. And look, uh, the, as the president said, even on this trip, uh, in addition to setting aside land at the Grand uh, Grand Canyon National Park, also uh, working with companies to develop. Uh, more clean energy technology, more clean energy industry. Send more money to China that Joe Biden has already been bought and paid for. And moving the nation in that transition. It's going to take some time. But in everything that the president's been doing, literally since day one, he's been focused on trying to make sure that we can lead the okay. world uh, in terms of dealing with the climate. Did you hear him say the word Maui one time? Did you hear him say anything about the people who died there, who burned to death there? This is who we're dealing with, and honestly, I'm just tired of the nonsense. I'm just here to make fun of them and make sure that they are driven from power. How about you? Who's with me? All right, cool. So coming up, overwhelming consensus on climate changes. Well, it's all manufactured according to one major player. We'll get to that. This, my friends, is a Friday edition of The Rob Carson Show. Somebody call a plumber. It's time to drain the swamp. It's the Rob Carson Show. So uh, Merrick Garland is named a special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation. The guy who's pretty much blown it so far, Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who everybody says uh, does not get anything done because he only takes marching orders from uh, Merrick Garland. Isn't that just remarkable? So they're literally trying to uh, uh, throw bones to uh, those who, who are trying to say that uh, the, the DOJ is being used to, to kill Donald Trump's presidential uh, aspirations, which is very true, and ignore the absolute corruption of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And, you know, and this news today uh, shows that they are essentially doubling down with a few more distractions. Doubling down with distractions. It's a triple D. It's a triple D like diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's what, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. I'm going to do a, just a little bit more here on the uh, on the uh, fire in uh, in Maui and how the uh, the federal government, the Biden administration, is already not even concerned about those who've died. Not, not even, oh, yeah, FEMA. But, you know, really, honestly, you got to really focus on the... Listen listen to this. This is John Kirby. He, the only thing he said, I think he said the word FEMA once. You know, we're working very closely with uh, Hawaii, Hawaiian officials. As you said, we're also deploying some military assets. FEMA personnel are on the yeah, ground. There you go. There you go. Uh, we're going we're to focus on this as, as keenly and as sharply as we can. I don't yeah. have to announce with to do for the people of I think it's, it's clear it's just clear uh, that more and more wildfires are happening and raging all across the country you've yeah. got almost 5,000 federal personnel deployed fighting wildfires everywhere yeah uh, they they do that every year 
So, wow, honestly, I mean, you people are just disgusting. Oh, and then the other day, this is kind of funny, this is Joe Biden being asked by the same chippy on, uh, I mean, the host on uh, on the Weather Channel, uh, talking about, uh, you know, climate change, global climate change. Now, John Kirby has already said just there that there are thousands of wire, wildfires in America. America's on fire because of global climate change. But for some reason, uh, illegals are coming here because uh, they want to escape climate change. Mr. President, you call climate change a code red for humanity. The World Health Organization said it will cause an additional quarter of a million deaths a year starting in 2030. All right, so there you go. We do have a special guest on the Newsmax hotline, somebody who I uh, got to know, uh, I've known him for a couple of years, works at Newsmax with me, and he hosts a show called Frontline, and he is also a veteran. He's a Navy SEAL. He is a hell of a cool guy, and he joins us on the Newsmax hotline. Hello, sir. How are you today? What's happening, man? Not much, bro. I'm just going to ask you this. First of all, you know, you got football season coming up, but uh, uh, what what about hunting season? What is opening here? Because I know it's a big deal for you. Is there anything open right now, and is what's happening in the fall? <laughs> well, so coyote is always open uh, in Connecticut, but yes, uh, yeah. we don't have. Unfortunately, we don't have a bear season yet. But deer season is just around the corner. September 15th is the season opener for bow. I will be in a tree on that date, rest assured. <laughs> All right, man. Well, Carl, I was thinking about you, and uh, you know, this week we saw testimony of the 13 Gold Star families uh, in California with regard to the uh, the un, uh, unprecedented and, and disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. And uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, those who passed, those who came back, and, and I, I wanted your thoughts on it because you like so many served proudly you uh you put yourself in harm's way you have continued uh, physical um i'm not sure about emotional but physical ailments associated with your service and uh and i wanted to know your thoughts on on how the president of the united states and our government responded to not only the disastrous afghanistan withdrawal but the treatment of those gold star families well, I think when they came back, obviously everybody remembers Joe Biden checking his watch while the caskets were being carried off the thing. But I think more despicably, he, um, you know, he told a Gold Star family that his son, Bo, came home in a flag-draped coffin, which is, uh, that's blatantly not true. That's a lie. That's stolen valor. He'll literally say anything to score cheap political points. And that's my biggest problem with him. But aside from that, Look, I don't, I don't care what politicians say about war, about you know the conflict in Afghanistan. I care about what they do. And <clears throat> clearly, they haven't learned anything. They didn't learn anything from when Lloyd Austin was a general in charge of the Iraq withdrawal. And they put him as Secretary of Defense, and no surprise, we left $80 billion of the military equipment. People were hanging from cargo plane wheel wells as we all but scurried out of there in time to not you know have more casualties. This is... This is one of the least intact administrations when it comes to global policy. I mean, look, Gates even noted how Joe Biden had been wrong on every major foreign policy dating back half a century. So is it any wonder? But the bigger problem is, like, they're not learning from this. They just sent 3,000 troops back to the Middle East to, for, you know, regional stability. And we just landed $6.2 billion of money back in Iran's coffers. I mean, Saudi Arabia is going to hold it for now, but... Uh, or sorry, Cutter's going to hold it for now. But uh, I mean, like, what are we doing? We're giving money back to people who chant "Death to America" in the streets. This is not a guy who I want running my country. 
Well, I remember you, um, you the, the reason, tell everybody why you, why you signed up when you signed up. Because to me, this, this, this says it all. Because so many people signed up like you did, ready to, and eager to serve their country uh, and, and the, 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 the challenges that we faced. And yet, this president handed us, it took us back to the day before 9-11. Took us back there and, and actually enriched the Taliban wilder than they had ever been enriched. So, but I'd like yeah, to know well, why you signed up and how you how you feel now. Well, I mean, look, I, I was in college, and once we started putting troops on the ground after nine eleven, when I dropped out of college, joined the military, and I, I think the bigger problem now is you have the people running the military who never saw combat, and that's that's the biggest problem. And sure, they can have a combat action ribbon on their thing, but like, were they in the trenches? Did they actually get shot at? And not their unit, not some guy that they, you know, reported to them. Did they personally see combat? Because the people who've seen combat have a very different outlook on how, how to address the enemy. And pandering to them or, you know, giving you know, $12 million to gender studies programs in Afghanistan is not the way to deal with this. It's killing bad guys. And we've never learned the lesson, or at least Democrats, when they're in charge, they don't learn the lesson that, you can't just declare that you've won a war. Your enemy gets a say. And we just always do this. We do this nation building, and then we get out of Dodge as fast as we can, and we march around claiming a political victory. Meanwhile, thousands of Americans lost their lives for these things, and now China is pumping trillions of dollars of lithium out of Afghanistan that we just left behind. It is um, remarkable. And... Um to tell us real quick, I, I know that you've sat on the air, you know, you've kicked in doors and you've done stuff like this, but you, and I don't, I don't need you to, you know, bear your soul here, but you saw a lot of action over there. And I would assume you probably lost friends there. You, you also had friends be injured, whether they be mentally or physically. Can you just tell us a little bit about your experience and where you were and what you saw? So I had a couple pumps over to Iraq, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, I had a couple friends of mine get killed. We were all hit by an IED, um, and I've had a couple friends shot near or next to me. And you know, it's it's it kind of makes you think. You know, when, when you're out there fighting, you're happy to do it because it's what you signed up for. You love your country, you know. And there's a saying that you don't fight because you hate what's in front of you; it's because you love what's behind you. But if this is the country that's behind me, like right, right now with the recruiting crisis, like, look, we're, we're hanging our troops out to dry in court martials and DEI investigations, and, you know, we're more concerned about, you know, how, how we look and sound on, on a diversity scale than we are being able to shoot straight. And I wouldn't tell my kids to join them. As, as honorable as it was for me to serve, like, I, I, I absolutely loved my service. However, it... I don't know if I encourage my children to serve right now, and which probably a lot of other people are doing, which is why we missed our recruiting goals by so much. But if you're asking someone to die for something, it, they got to know that you have their back, and this administration certainly doesn't. It is. Uh, it's it's remarkable to me. Now you had uh, I, I heard you speaking to uh, last night on Newsmax. When I, I texted you uh, during Rob Schmidt's show, and and you uh, you had mentioned that uh, during the interview uh, that you know your VA experience has been really really less than satisfactory. Why don't you give us an idea what it's like for people who come back to the states uh, profoundly mentally or physically injured, and what they are greeted with as far as the government response, particularly the VA. So 
the VA is your classic government health care. Like, if, if anybody ever advocates for, like, oh, we need Medicare for all or, you know, or Medicaid or whatever, you know, whatever they want to do, whatever they want to call it, Obamacare, ACA, the, the government can't do anything right. I mean, this is they still use fax machines, Rob. So you don't want a, a non-dynamic system running your health care. And, and the, the reason why is because, the government allocates things based on what, they, what their priorities are and not the priorities of the patient. So if you call, for instance, like if you call your doctor, you're like, hey, you know, Dr. Bob, I need an appointment, uh, you know, sometime in the next month for, you know, for you to look at my knee because it's really bothering me. He goes, okay, when are you available? You know, like he was like, I have available availability these days. And can you, can you make it in? And he said, yes. Okay. Then you walk in, you go with it for the VA. There's like third party after third party where they'll tell you when your appointment is. If you can't make that appointment, you get another chance to reschedule it. If you can't reschedule it, then they just cancel the appointment, and you got to start all over from scratch by filing a new request for an appointment, which goes through a new whole bunch of paperwork, and then they call you again and assign you another one. There's no dialogue. And when veterans are coming back, they're trying to get service. You've, uh, I've been to the VA or VA facilities hundreds of times, well over 100 times at, at a minimum. I have never seen the same doctor once, not once, even sometimes for the same ailment, which is a really big problem. There is zero continuity of care. The same thing, like we saw the waiting list out of Phoenix. Like that was, that was a, horrific. But the government put people on waiting lists who were literally dying, and nothing, nothing really changed. Do you feel like the government fulfilled their promise to you for your service, or do you feel like they've dropped the ball again? And, and by the way, did things get better when Donald Trump was a president? Because I know he was making overtures. So, yes, actually, so we were talking last night on my show at 5 p.m. here on Newsmax um, about, about this, and we had Secretary Wilkie on, the former secretary of the VA, and there was a noticeable noticeable difference in the VA for the second two years of Trump's presidency. And, and Wilkie said, he was like, look, I fired 7,000 people under the VA Accountability Act, and this administration is hiring them all back, which is insane to me. He didn't fire them because you know, he didn't personally like them. He fired them because they weren't doing their job. The metrics at which they used to determine people effectiveness as VA employees did not measure up, so he got rid of them. And now they're getting hired back in droves. So it's like, what is the system here for? Is the system here to support itself, or is the system here to support veterans? Now, look, I'm not going demanding benefits or things like that. Like, that's not what I, that's not why I signed up. But if you make a promise to me and you say, like, oh, look, you got injured in the line of duty, which I have a substantial amount of injuries. Like, we will, we will care for those, we will look after those, and we'll, you know, make, it, make disability accordingly. But then when they don't deliver on that, or at least make it so difficult to deliver that you basically, I mean, you have to all but hire either a lawyer or a medical professional to walk you through these processes because they are so complicated and they make it so difficult. They're not there to serve the veteran. It's like process Trump's function. Hey, Carl, let me ask you a question. How many soldiers do you know who killed themselves rather than being injured or killed on the battlefield? I mean, I personally, I have 20 friends that have either, or 21 friends that have either tried to kill themselves or succeeded in killing themselves. And it's... It, this is the other thing I see. And look at all the money we're spending on stupid, stupid stuff, and all the all the talk of politicians on both sides, and they don't 
they're ignoring the fact that, you know, between 18 and 22 service members kill themselves every single day. And they're like, yeah, look, the VA has some suicide hotline. Yeah, that's great. But like, if someone calls the suicide hotline, it's because they're already contemplating suicide. There's no, there's no mechanism to like help these people when they get out of the military. This is transitioning from the military to the private sector is one of the hardest things you have to do because you're being told what to do, how to do it, when to be where at any given time. And you've been told that you're invincible, that you can do anything. And then you get out of the military and you interview it, you know, company X. And it's like, well, what have you done for the last four or five, 10 years? And they're like, well, I shot bad guys. Well, we don't do that here at, you know, at, at Home Depot or wherever you're interviewing. So it's like, what are your transferable skills? You as a veteran get no training on how to look. Veterans have enormous transferable skills. How to access them and how to articulate them is the most difficult part. And there is zero training, zero concern from the military. They have some BS TAPS program that is supposed to do it, but it's actually garbage. It's, it's, it's a government official who's never worked in the private sector teaching people how to interview in the private sector. It is a, it's a waste of three days. But, my, friend, my, my friend Jack Heath in New Hampshire, he's got a charity. They actually uh, retrain uh, veterans so that they can be great employees because who doesn't want a disciplined employee who gets there early, who stays late, who doesn't play office politics and bull crap, and that's what military does. Carl, listen, i got to run, bro, but I just want you to know I, appreci- I appreciate your service, and I wanted you to tell your story because a lot of times we see this good-looking dude on TV wearing a suit, tells it like it is, and we don't know what's behind that, and we do now, and I appreciate that brother rob thank you very much all right man take talk to you later on check out uh, carl higby's show um that is a typical veteran man he's he's hiding a lot of wounds and he never says anything about it i think he's an amazing amazing man let's take a break and come back it's a rob carson show (laughs) this is a song that was made wildly popular with gen z Thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy, the raspberries, by the way. It's kind of cool, you know, Gen Z and Millennials, you guys, you know, a lot of times like them, like the older generation for me was uh, was going to be uh, Vietnam uh, and then World War II. And so I have an appreciation for music uh, from both of those genres. But it, it, it's interesting, like my World War II, my dad is big band music, right, and standards. That was his that was his adolescence, right? And and I can appreciate that. But But the thing about Gen X music and the stuff that was popular when we were kids, uh, it's evergreen. Same way with the boomers. I mean, boomers, your your Led Zeppelin, your uh, your your CCR and whatnot. They they have a sticking, a staying power that's remarkable. Uh, good rock and roll. Rock and roll is just here. It will never die. Thank you very much. Just all you should know. Uh, let's go to Sean in Live Oak, California. Sean, how you doing on this Friday, my friend? Well, greetings from West Libertadia. Libertadia, yes. What's up? <laughs> well. Uh, I heard you talking about these fires in Hawaii, but it also reminds me, uh, well, of course, you've been putting this thing about what George Costanza said, it's not a lie if you believe it. Yes, yes. I thought it was somebody named uh, Goebbels, but go ahead. Well, also, (laughs) uh, I'm going to paraphrase it, but President Reagan used to say, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant, it's just they know so much that isn't so. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Yeah, yeah, th- 
It's remarkable that, uh, you know, there's a fire on a town on Hawaii, which is the size of a pinprick in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's because you don't have an electric car that it happened. It's so beyond stupid, it's insulting. Well, the other thing is, I was thinking of those two uh, examples that I was giving you. I was just thinking how these people operate. It's They're delusional and slash or self-delusional, ignorant and slash or willfully ignorant. And all they're concerned about is the narrative. They have no concern for the truth. And they have no concern for the people. That's why they say that immediately they never say anything about the kids who are dying in inner cities. They just want to get rid of ARs, ARs you know. Uh, that's why uh, they don't. They step over the bodies of the people who burned to death in Maui to uh, to proclaim that we all need solar panels on our house because uh, you you know you drive an SUV. That's why those people died. I mean, honestly, it is just so thoroughly uh, morally and intellectually bankrupt, and and it's falling, it's failing, it's it's dying on the vine. But we have to make sure to you know clip the vines so they can die uh, much more quickly Sean yeah well the thing is is that these people you, if you're having a discussion with them you're never going to convince them of anything what the important thing is that you may convince the audience that's listening yeah, that's why I, uh, I'm just going to make fun of them. That's what I'm going to do. It's nonsensical. Nonsensical. I do appreciate it. Right, we're going to take a break. Come back. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Like the show? You can help by subscribing and leaving a five-star review on both Apple and Spotify. It's free. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people.